I'm James. I'm Camille. And I'm Cora. And we are the Clean Edge. <laughs> <laughs> What did you just do? Oh, no. The chair was like, and I'm chair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And today we are interviewing our special guest, Chris Webb. Hey, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> nice to meet you. Uh. It's great meeting you, too. One of the things that I really want to ask, because currently I am pursuing a acting degree, what made you choose to go for an acting degree and what have you gotten out of it? That's a very good question. Um, and I'm going to try not to make these stories very long because there's a lot of like ins and outs in them. So I went to Collinwood uh, when it when it had like a middle school. So from the sixth to like the 10th grade, I was in Collinwood and uh, I got like invested in the arts. It felt like it was an opportunity for me to express some of the things that I don't think like I had the emotional currency to express at the time. I think I felt like a little boxed in um, uh, when I was younger and, you know, acting gave me that release. I also wrote poetry as well. So uh, those things kind of allowed me to find the voice that I couldn't find in like regular conversation. So uh, when it came time for college, I didn't really have, (laughs) you know, uh, I I didn't really see too far in the future. And, uh, you know, one thing that I knew that I loved and that I did, you know, rather well, at least to my standard was acting. So um, I got into a school called the uh, California Institute of the Arts. And uh, yeah, continued my training there. I didn't really you know, kind of know what was going to happen post-graduation or whatever. I just knew that, you know, I kind of wanted to continue using the skills that I saw. A lot of people after graduation, you know, there's like, hey, I haven't been in a play or I haven't done anything like this and you know, five years or whatever. And it's always sad because I was like, oh, you were the dopest. Like, you were amazing. You set the bar for, like, my class and generation. Uh, So uh, I wanted to continue utilizing the skills for as long as I could. And, yeah. (laughs) Nice. Um, In the space of activism and social justice and speaking out, what do you see art and film's place in it? That's a great question. Um, I think that... It's kind of like how uh, I was saying that, you know, you find um, like arts gave me a voice when I couldn't speak. I I feel like arts gives a way in to activism that maybe a conversation wouldn't be able to. When you hear a song by Nina Simone, you know, we haven't lived in the 60s, but it makes you feel almost like you're in it because like, you know, just the the stress of the song or the, you know, or the vibe of the song makes you feel what they're going through. So I, uh, so I feel like art is like the great unifier. It could allow somebody to look in and be like, oh, that's what they're talking about. That's how they feel, you know? Uh, so utilizing, you know, the arts, whether it's dance, you know, visual art, um, any form to help to spread a message like, I, f- I feel like that's one of the most like powerful ways that art could be utilized. And that's kind of like what I've built my entire career off of. When I was in um, high school, I started doing poetry about like the community that I came from. And like, you know, really quickly, I became known as like that kind of like passionate poet kid. And I would travel around to different community events and do nonviolence poems and stuff. Then when I went out to LA, I kind of like continued that bend and made art for, you know, like for 
I don't know, just the people and communities that I felt like I wanted to see change happening. So I know you mentioned that you did some poetry and then you had done acting. When was it that you realized that filmmaking was something that you really enjoyed? Great question. I'm in the uh, California Institute of the Arts, and uh, we're learning everything from Shakespeare to Chekhov to Stanislavski's acting method and uh, Edith Skinner's like voice uh, acting approach and whatnot. Uh, like we're really running the gamut. And one thing that they train you to do in those schools is like get ready for the industry, you know. Uh, so they invite agents and management companies to come down and such. What ended up happening with me was that the agents and the management companies would come down and, you know, some roles would be offered, some things would happen. But I found that um, this is like pre-Black Panther, even pre, I don't know if you remember, like there was like a weird time where like, you know, actors of color would be in like these traditional, like, you know, like Selma and stuff mm -hmm. like this, yeah. uh, and even like slavery movies and stuff like that. This was even pre that. We were still kind of just like, you know, the best friend who was like, hey man, you better go get that girl, you know, right. stuff like that. Uh, and I found that like every role that I got offered, you know, it didn't really have like, you know, a core to it, an emotional core. Uh, if anything, it offered me an opportunity to like continue a stereotype that I was trying to get away from. Like, you know, I come from like, you know, inner city Cleveland where there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, violence, uh, um, uh, bad mentality, stuff like that. And I don't want to go out to Hollywood just to act those things out right. again. Right. It's like, yo, right. I want to do something different. So it really became the, the lack of roles and projects that you know, I felt were powerful that I felt would be something that a 16 year old version of myself would want to see. And it was that kind of passion that made me say like, yo, I write poetry. I've written plays. I've done all of this stuff. I know how to use a camera and I know how to act. Why don't I just, you know, Avengers team up all of this <laughs> stuff together and, um, you know, create my own projects and thus like, you know, a whole slew of Work came from that. <laughs> so, yeah. Coming from Cleveland, um, living in the city, what do you think has growing up here and, like, facilitated your passions, like, for the art? And yeah, yeah. Great question. One thing about Cleveland um, is that, like, we have, uh, this is going to sound negative, but it's not. We have a chip on our shoulder. And what I mean by that is that I feel like people who come from the city automatically have something to prove. Right. You know? I don't think that comes from, like, deficit from not having, okay, maybe right, a little yeah. bit it does, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I know that when I went out to L.A., you know, people were like, oh, you're from Cleveland. Uh, what, what, you grew around, uh, you grew up around like crop circles and stuff i'm like you think cleveland's kansas you know um or they'll think like uh there was an old show called the drew carey show and it uh took place in cleveland so they would sing the drew carey theme song i don't remember what it was uh oh cleveland rocks oh, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. So they would sing that and whatnot, and I'm like, that's not where I come from either, you know? So it gave me, like, a passion to not only, like, excel and go crazy in my art, but also, like, represent my city, like, super heavy as well. So a lot of my um, arts projects, like, deal with Cleveland or set in Cleveland, have some sort of, like, connection 
or work with, you know, actors and actresses and producers and whatnot who come from the city as well. We're everywhere. Like, literally, I was just on the phone with my uh, friend who was just at the Critics' Choice Awards. He's sending me photos of him with Steven Spielberg and Will Smith and Serena and everyone. And he was my next door neighbor, like in the Glenville area right. and whatnot, you know. Shout out to Swoop, uh, who's <laughs> working at M88, a, a, one of the most amazing agencies that um, people go work at. And, you know, we're doing plays in New York. There was a, a show inventing Anna, which I still have to see. My little sis from a play like way back is like a title character in that. I think coming from Cleveland gives people a drive that like other cities might not have. And you all know, like there's so much talent so much potential, so much beauty in the land that we come from. You know, I think that a lot of times the unfortunate thing is that, like, you know, we have so much drive and passion, but it's like, okay, what do I do practically with it? And, you know, that's where some people fizzle out. Like, you know, I was saying, like, oh, you graduated and you were amazing. You know, now you nah, you should keep going. <laughs> or some people go and take that to the moon. So, you know, it all it, it all depends on a lot of different factors. But um, uh, but, you know, the, the heart is here and that heart extends everywhere. Yeah. James James advocates for Cleveland anytime anybody's <laughs> trying to talk it down. Oh, yeah. Got to. Got yeah. to. Yeah. And they like to count us out, man. I, I, I love that. Always. Yeah. 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 And like. He can recite like Cleveland history off the top of his head, like <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just love where you come from, you know. Especially mm-hmm. when a lot of people don't like Cleveland, a lot of people, or they got the misconceptions. I had the same thing. You see people out of town. Oh, well, you're from Cleveland, mm-hmm. and they list all these stereotypes. I'm like, that's not where I come from. You know what I mean? Yeah. That ain't the city. You know? Yeah. Got to, got to stand up for it. Got to. It makes you fight harder, you know? Yeah, yeah. You can't, you know, let them, uh, like, it, it's the way that I, uh, the way that I describe it is like Cleveland is like that brother, that, you know, little or big brother. It's like, yo, you're not about to talk about my brother. If anything, I'll talk about it right. with my peoples, but you can't, you know? Right. <laughs> so right. it's that type of deal. And what's interesting is that, like, I don't think that I've had this passion, like, this deep passion for the city until I left out and faced that like adversity and whatnot. Prior, I was just like, yeah, it's just a place to live, you know, but like it wasn't until I left out and they started, you know, talking about crop fields and stuff (laughs) that I really started researching, you know, where I came from. And I found that we were, we were and are a place of innovation of great things happening of like, you know, so much. I'll tell you about a project that I did it was called If These Walls Could Talk. So um, I grew up in the Glenville area, like right on the edge where East Cleveland and Glenville neighborhoods meet. Go home from school from Collinwood when I went there. I used to walk down a street called the I Am Legend Street. You remember that Will Smith movie, mm-hmm. yep. Zombies? Yeah. Um, so basically in that movie, like all of New York was completely abandoned and these houses were like leaning in on themselves. I called it the I Am Legend Street because like every house on that street was abandoned and the roads were all choppy and it looked like I am legend you know and like you know before I had a passion for Cleveland I was just like yo this is 
wild, you know? But when I came, uh, when I started researching the city, I realized that, like, a lot of the great things that happen in the city happen in some of the streets that are now like this. Right. So, uh, so I was like, yo, what would that have done to me at 14 if I would have known that instead of walking on, like, you know, broken glass, I was actually walking on, like, you know, legacy, some of the things that, like, help this country to, like, run in the you know, um, um, 19th century, 20th century, all of that. So uh, what I did was I created a project called If These Walls Could Talk. These houses have been here for like 100 years, right? Mm -hmm. If they could speak, they would have seen 100 years of wild stuff. Right. So uh, my school, Cal Arts, Pixar was started at Cal Arts. Like, there's a pipeline. A lot of the animation people who go to my school graduate and immediately get scooped up by Pixar, uh, by, um, you know, Marvel, by Cartoon Network. All Like, you know, it's one of the top animation schools in the country. What I did was I had some of my friends who now work at Marvel, Pixar, um, Cartoon Network. I had some of my friends animate three abandoned houses from the I Am Legend Street, like actual houses that are still there now. And what they did is they wake up uh, with faces in the houses <laughs> and, cool. you know, they wake up and just talk about what they've seen for a hundred years. And that's the project, If These Walls Could Talk. So it's a historical documentary that's interactive and that um, is like narrated by three houses who have seen it all. So yeah, how's that? <laughs> That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that, too. <laughs> yeah. So I know you, you kind of just talked about a project you're really passionate about. I was going to ask, what have you created that you've been the most proud of? Has it been that project or was there something else? That, that's a very good question. I go through phases. I think that, like, you know, I have my hands in so many different pots <laughs> that, like, uh, it's hard to say. Like, you know, I did that project, uh, If These Walls Could Talk. Well, after graduation, I lived in Los Angeles and, like, built a career up for about, like, 10 years. You know, it was there that I started touring with poetry. I joined a poetry troop of sorts <laughs> it was uh five of us by the time we like finished our tour we toured for like five years by the time we finished it we were the uh largest spoken word tour in the world so uh we would travel around with like two tour buses do poems with a giant 16 foot led wall behind us and um you know we would go to what 50 u.s cities in a calendar year and then we would go to london africa uh the caribbean basically all over. So I was living in Cleveland, but constantly gone, you know, because uh, we got a tour. <laughs> um, once the pandemic happened, that killed the touring and the gathering in public spaces industries. Uh, so 2020, my touring life stopped and me and my wife also had a baby at that time. I knew once the pandemic ended, I didn't want to be like constantly gone. So I like fully, fully was here, even though like I lived here, I didn't live here. I, I like, I started actually like living here. That's when I uh, started working with channel three. And that's when uh, I finally had the focus to like get a lot of other projects that I had like in my mind uh, out. I'd say one of the, uh, one of the other pr projects that I was proud of was uh, this uh, documentary called the session. Are you familiar with crump dancing? <laughs> 
Uh, cool. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, basically, there's a whole like crump dance community in Cleveland. Our friend Keith is one of them. It's like a whole bunch of people who uh, do this amazing dance that originated in LA, but it's all over the world, like mm-hmm. Sweden, Japan, everywhere. But the community in Cleveland is like strong, and they're really good. They win international competitions and everything. I did a um, competition with a friend of mine, um, uh, Abel. It was a competition uh, with the Tribeca Film Institute. Tribeca, you know, film festival was started by Robert De Niro. uh, And it's one of the like massive film festivals and their uh, film institute had a competition where they give like $25,000, I think it was, to some documentary filmmakers who wanted to make a film about like their area. And me and Abel, we pitched a doc for Crump Dancing in Cleveland, and we beat out uh, a whole bunch of people and um, was able to make this doc that uh, went around the world and featured, like, you know, local Cleveland Crumpers, their lives, how Crump Dancing, like, helped them to, like, get out of, like, these bad situations that they were in, and basically how it gives community to people from all different walks of life. So uh, I'm really proud of that one. It was a lot of fun. We traveled a lot for it and um, shot for a whole year. So um, I'd say the session, If These Walls Could Talk, some other, I do, it's weird to explain. I'm working on a project uh, right now that uh, I'm really proud of. I think that like one of my, I feel like I'm rambling now, but. No, uh, keep going. I want to hear this. Yeah. I feel like uh, one of like my biggest issues is that like I'm so passionate about like all of these different things. Like I'm passionate about poetry. I'm passionate about filmmaking. I'm passionate about plays and musical theater because that's where I started. I'm passionate about like um, uh, a whole bunch of uh, different like arts things. And they've never really used together it's like I got to turn off one side of my brain to focus on another you know but I think I finally might have cracked the code (laughs) with uh uh, with like you know all of my passions last year I started a series of kind of like short film type deals where like they just focus on storytelling whether it's me telling a story through poetry or like me telling a story by filming it you know it's all like the umbrella is storytelling and dance which I love poetry which I love animation which I love puppetry which I love like all of these different things all fall under this umbrella so I've made like I have like 50 different film ideas in 20 different uh, films actually shot that um, that I'm just like sitting on right now uh, that um, I was going to release like weekly, but I'm now working with a friend of mine to actually like make it into an actual like show variety anthology type show type deal and uh, release it to a streamer. So uh, I'm really proud of that one. Nobody's seen any of it yet, but I'm proud of it. <laughs> That's exciting. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. <laughs> and tiring. Oh God, I can believe it. Because like, I feel like it probably feels like, you know, tech week, dress week, like all the time with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so <laughs> high pressure. Yeah, I was up till what, like six in the morning um, just this morning editing my like pieces you know because um I want them to look I want each one to have like its own visual identity and such uh so one has to be like beautiful bright you know very flowery with animation and then another one is like gritty and dark and dangerous and stuff so you gotta 
go through all of this, but it's a great challenge to, you know, really see like, yo, can I give the same level of quality for all of these 50 different things <laughs> that I'm doing? So it's cool. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Cleanagers. The Cleanagers is brought to you by Black Girl Media and Youth Opportunities Unlimited. This episode features Cora, your engineer, James, and Camille. Find us at cleanagers.com and follow all of our socials at cleanagers. <laughs>